0: You could just sort of watch people slowly, low key, fall apart. Um, it, it wasn't fun for me for a while. Well, speaking of uh, not not falling is apart, this the you... woman's outreach program. What? No, it's oh, not. it will be. Oh no,
1: <laughs> we got invaded by Mister Buck Wild and or Dylan. F- Dylan, what are you? Are doing? we recording right now? <laughs> Unfortunately, yes.
0: I oh, was gonna word. intro well, the well, fucking we pod,
2: but we're now we're gonna we have just... to edit all this
1: out. Oh no, of course, but like. <laughs> What what are you doing here? Dylan, what are you doing?
0: Um I I was on Discord and I saw you guys on so I joined. What, what up, are Dylan? You? How are you uh how are you doing? Uh you know. Right on. Yeah, thank All you. Bob great, great. Thank you, thank you for uh, your Thank you for, thank, oh, you for his,
1: thank you for his advice on life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness.
2: Thanks for ruining the election.
1: You know. <laughs> did Dylan ruin the election? <laughs> I
2: have a question. No, nah, people like him, election. Like
1: segue to start off episode 34 of the foul housemates podcast welcome everyone i am your humble host liam wolf alongside every week is a man who stole the motherfucking leads it's dan caprio dan where'd you learn to trade you stupid fucking cunt
2: thank you i always be closing uh, number one and uh number two i'd like to thank uh our listeners uh domestic and abroad uh for tuning in uh religiously to this podcast we thank you
1: shout out to our one listener in Norway and our uh one or two listeners in Canada at this point and one of our listeners still in Ireland holding strong for the motherland and joining us this week on the pod we've got a stand up comedy Genius straight out of the lovely town of New Brunswick, New Jersey. He's a man, he's a myth, maybe not a legend, but you'll probably know him soon. It's Pip Smith. Pip, how we doing?
0: I am fantastic. How are you? I really do appreciate that introduction as a future legend. <laughs> um that's good stuff. That's good stuff. I'm going to use that in the future when I am a legend
1: when you are indeed a legend you are indeed, indeed. will smith in a zombie apocalypse but but <laughs> how have you been surviving these quarantine pandemic covid times so far ben? well the first thing i did
0: was i got the hell out of new jersey um <laughs> i moved to i moved to colorado to um uh just right outside boulder colorado which is what white people do to escape um i think i think it's a pretty common move it's kind of like our version of like getting bangs you know um so uh i like it out here you know it's um uh, it's there's a lot more space and there's a lot more nice people and there's a lot less anxiety and and uh, there's mountains, and they're beautiful, and the air is super thin. Um, so that's kind of what I'm doing instead of being in the claustrophobic city. I'm up in the mountains
1: trying to find myself, trying to hunt down some pumas, wear them as a flesh. Down. <laughs> become a yeah. become a war chief, god of the pack, if you will. I'm I doing do doing a little of that, you know, uh, in my spare time. I do. I do love the analogy that like the white guy version of getting bangs is just moving to Colorado like that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) How many how many uh, future craft brew smiths have you walked into in Colorado so far? Oh, Oh. there's no no number. I mean, that has yet been invented.
0: Like, you know, like uh, the number Google, like before Google was a was a was a website. It was a number. And um, you need to, the way they came up with that number is they literally just asked a child to come up with a number that's really unfathomably huge. And the kid came up with Google. And that's what we're going to need in order to come up with the number of craft breweries that are just in my neighborhood.
3: <laughs>
0: um, it's, uh, it's insane.
2: That number, <laughs> also, the number of New Jersey comedians that is on some kind of watch list. Oh, oh yeah. You know, can't fathom that number.
1: Do you mean everyone in Norway Yeah, West. I put most of them
2: there. I'd like to also mention that I hate mountains, I love anxiety, and I like my air thick. So, Pip and I disagree right off the bat.
0: Why do you hate the mountains?
2: Who hates the mountains? I don't like them because they're very hot.
1: I don't know. People that have vertigo, they probably hate mountains. I'm I have fun. a very yeah, bad yeah. case. I have... I have a low case
2: of anxiety and a high case of Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo. Yeah, you're,
1: you got yeah. Jimmy Stewart disorder going on. I cannot go in any bell tower. I will uh, call. A bar. But <laughs> dude, oh. I got to be honest with you. You might be able to benefit
0: from a little bit of anxiety. I think it's good for you. Uh, it would do well. Just well.
2: start
1: excessively drinking again. That'll take. <laughs> Dan I'm actually shocked the amount of acid that you have consecutively taken allegedly 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 have taken in your in your time as a stand up comic I'm shocked you haven't even developed an anxiety disorder
2: no I just love doing stand up that much to where I uh, I really So
1: you do stand up on acid
2: allegedly allegedly
1: allegedly have done yeah question multiple and there
2: are there are pictures of me where if you look in my eyes you can kind of tell i'm a little bit happier than normal (laughs) how do you do that that's that's amazing just have a positive i like to keep a positive mind state and a lot of times pip and you've probably been been there before Sometimes when you're sitting in the audience before a mic or a show starts, you can tell that the show's not going to go very well. And in that case, uh, I like I like to just ride things out and see where they go. Now, other times I get very crestfallen because it's a show that I'm directly involved in or I'm producing myself. And when that show goes to hell, I feel very sad.
0: Yeah, which is why it's probably not a good idea to be on. Acid, or at least, no, no,
2: I don't agree with that. <laughs> and I also, uh, I remember now uh, for, for our listening audience, uh, Pip. Uh, oh, I remember him as Pip Pluto and a gentleman named Marlon Dunn. I believe that is his real name. Uh, that is his they, real name, yes. They used, to, <laughs> they used to run an open mic called Tabernacle in New Brunswick, and I have great memories of, of these uh, open mics. There were some, however, where the whole night was very negative. <laughs> I And I mean, these things would go four hours sometimes or longer. Right. And when it's four hours
0: of just bombs, uh, it's bad. Well, I mean, the bombs... The bobs weren't the worst part, but, um, the tabernacle Running out of booze was the, was the worst part. Yeah. And, and, and <laughs> the booze, the booze was part of how we were able to get such a sizable audience because we did give away a lot of free liquor at those things. Um, but Allegedly. yeah, I mean, we can get into tabernacle <laughs> if you'd like, I'd love to tell the story of how tabernacle came to be. And, uh, and how all of that went down yeah if you um, if you want
1: if you want to go into that um I'm actually really interested in in the idea like if you uh you mentioned before that you had like a a really you have like really bad anxiety, and here you are hosting an open mic at like uh how how's the experience of that house. like yeah basically like going into this rowdy like doubloon uh hellscape and being like all right i gotta make this work (laughs) how's that it's funny because the only time i wasn't anxious is
0: when i was on stage um so that really wasn't so much of a problem i mean to really tell the story of tabernacle i gotta go back to the beginning which is which is how we came up with all this and how it all started um Basically, I was in college at the time, and uh, my roommate was this guy named Nick McNamara, um, and he was running uh, he was running a little underground basement poetry club, which basically just involved really fucked up artist college types who would just get up there and read their poems. Um, and it got really, really popular after a while because every college kid just just Writes poetry. I guess that's what people do when they're in
1: college. They they sit there Uh and go, "Oh, I'm I'm really intelligent. I wrote this really powerful piece, and it was just Allen Ginsberg ripoffs. Yeah, yeah,
0: pretty (laughs) much. I mean, it was all none of it rhymed, and none of it was any good. And oh no, rhyming, uh
2: totally out. Oh, and Uh
0: poetry is not supposed to rhyme. It's supposed to be about (laughs) feeling. It's about emotion. Yeah, no, there was a lot. What's that? That was actually that was actually what gave me the idea to bring comedy into it because what i saw were these college kids who would basically smoke weed and they would write these really stream of consciousness kind of poems and perform them and they were they were burying their souls out in front of a bunch of strangers and it was a little bit sad but it was also a little bit beautiful and in my head i kind of thought well that's really not that different from what every open mic comedian is doing i mean you get up there and you talk about the shit that you probably should be talking about in therapy um and 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 you you take that you take that all that negative energy that you have and you turn it into laughter so um, I started doing stand up comedy at the Huntington Poetry Club and that's how I that's how I started doing stand up that's how my career began.
1: Oh. Um which is which is you went to Sorry, a you went ahead. to a poetry you went to a poetry open mic and started doing stand up comedy at their poetry. No, it was open a mic? club. Oh, it was a it club. Was a Huntington Poetry. It was place. a
0: it was an open mic that was called the Huntington Poetry Club.
1: Okay, that's and... some false advertising. I'm very.
0: <laughs> you know what? We, we took a lesson from that by calling it the Tabernacle Comedy Show, despite the fact that it, was,
1: <laughs> it was. It I was. I don't believe mic. it was a real show. They went it over to the show. Dead Poets Society and turned it into Danger Fields, like that's. Yeah. <laughs> it had features. Yeah.
0: It did but that is essentially what we did. And um the only way I was able to really get away with doing stand-up there is because my roommate was running the club and and he loved me, you know. And you know, I was I was a I was, uh, I was in college and I was small and adorable and I was doing my jokes and it was a nice little change. From, from all the sad boy poetry that was going on. Uh, so I got my laughs. And those those poetry clubs. Because uh, as you guys know. Women don't like open mic comedy. But they do like poetry. So. <laughs> um, so I was doing my my show. In front of a sizable audience. Pretty early on. Like 50, 60 college kids. Yeah. And uh, it was great. Um, so I sort of. Took that and I, I talked to Marlon and I'm like, "Hey man, you're also funny. Maybe we should just do Huntington Poetry Club, but for stand-up. So we'll do a little open mic and we'll invite everybody who already goes to Huntington Poetry Club, and they'll come to see us because they see us every other week already and they really like what we do." Um, so Marlon loved that idea, and I think the reason he loved that idea. Is because he didn't know What would come <laughs> And I I love the idea Because I was no longer living At the house that we did it in um, And Marlon had taken my room By that point um, So uh, Marlon agreed And we started the Tabernacle Comedy Club Which was again not a club But an open mic And we took the idea from the Huntington Poetry Club To have featured performers So we would ask somebody to feature and everybody else would do an open mic and uh we eventually got to like the point where we would have like 40 people doing an open mic and well the rest is history
1: that's nice that's rad i mean Like, how long did the mic last? Like, year-wise, like uh
0: about a
1: year. About a year. It
0: lasted about a year, I would say. Dan was there for most of it. Dan and (laughs) I I was I was drunk and high for most of it, so a lot of the details are kind of fuzzy. Pip, also
2: forgot to mention that I provided the sound and the mic stand and all that other good stuff. Every day,
0: (laughs) (laughs) and I hosted a
2: few times.
0: i'm caprio you were fantastic member of the tabernacle comedy scene and i am forever grateful for that um that was some good stuff and
2: your uh, your guys doing that gave me the idea to eventually do the laughing hell hotel because as as uh the tabernacle was uh was ending you know like the end of its run mine was starting so it's nice to see that overlap
0: yeah and it wasn't just you a lot of people started open mics after that um reggie used to say that we did a lot of good for the new brunswick comedy scene reggie parker i agree uh, with that, yeah. Which is, which, yeah we uh and uh we were doing it the same night at we were doing it on wednesdays i believe which was the same night as the open mic the no no it's every it's every other thursday was it thursday okay yeah. never mind cut that out i'm wrong
1: <laughs> uh, i am the new historian of the yeah right. well dan's old <laughs> enough to be a historian so it would actually work <laughs> that's not enough. true uh, that's
2: certified pretty... young
1: over here pip i don't know if you got certified numbers, but... 38 let's live it <laughs> certified no
2: certified incorrect <laughs>
1: certified 37 yeah you're right but um yeah no i i was just thinking like what, when you go and when you were starting out with Tabernacle? I know you mentioned that you were like hosting like open mic poetry night gimmicks, and you were watching some uncomfortable, really uncomfortable sets. Have you ever like what would be like your top tier sets that you were watching at Tabernacle when you were hosting that were just like, oh my god, please make this stop, please. Oh God. This is- okay. <laughs> so, so the only the the Probably few no, Dad, you were
0: fine. I mean, you were you were you weren't <laughs> necessarily the funniest, but you were never a problem. Oh, um, yeah, thank you. And I had to I had to grapple with problems at Tabernacle that don't happen at every open mic because most of them are at a bar. Most of the time, it's legal for you to be there. Uh, we were not allowed to have major gatherings in our basement. That oh, was very that. much. That was very much against the law. And, y'all, <laughs> and, and people did not really uh, do much to hide the fact that there was a major show going on in that basement um so that was number one we were always at risk of getting shut down by the NBPD which did eventually happen which is why we had to uh we had to put a stop to it oh, um,
1: oh man but
0: you asked me you asked me what kind of uh the worst set I ever saw so like I mentioned uh, a, a sizable portion of our audience were college kids and i do know that that open mic comedians don't really like the idea of being censored in any way or watching no, what they say no oh, right which true. is which is which is all well and good but you also have to recognize that you do have an audience of college kids um and college kids don't necessarily like to hear rape jokes um, so we had a situation um in which I don't remember who it was, but it was some guy doing an open mic where every joke was a rape joke. <laughs> Oh, right. no. And I'm hoping I don't know this person because the name is popping
2: in my head, but I don't think it's the, it's the right
0: um, uh You know, I don't think it's somebody who's in the scene anymore. I don't okay. think it's somebody I've really seen much since t- 2013, but it was a nightmare. Um, <laughs> because because it, it wasn't just rape jokes, because, of course, he got heckled uh, by the college girls who don't want to hear jokes about rape so um these this uh this girl kind of heckled him and then he confronted her directly by asking her if he had ever been raped. um uh, if she had ever
1: been raped. oh she he pulled a, he pulled a Daniel Tosh right on he her. pulled
0: a- and he pulled
1: a no, Daniel James. <laughs> for yeah. fuck's sake,
0: Dan. Uh, Dan was, are you sure uh, this wasn't me on stage? Because this sounds like something you, I would do. Dad, it wasn't you. All right. It, it definitely wasn't you. If it was you, I wouldn't be telling this story. But oh, all right. um, I would be telling it. so basically uh what what happened was is we had this guy who it, it kinda went from dealing with a heckler to harassing a young college girl in a really public way. So she kind of stormed out, and then it erupted this little controversy on campus because I became the guy who's totally cool with harassment. Which, oh, of course, oh, no. which of course I'm not. Um, uh, but and and this is and this is um, it was a bit of a conundrum because I'm not really, you know, um, uh, I'm not in favor of any kind of censorship of stand-up comedians. I think in order for it to work as an art form, you need to be allowed to say whatever you want. You need to be allowed to. However you should also not say certain things just because you're not an idiot, right? And I would say it takes a really, really, really great stand-up comedian to talk about rape. And most of the people in that basement were not at that time really, really great stand-up comedians. So it was a bit of a controversy in the circles that I had run in at that time. And I kind of had to straddle the line between look, I need to provide a safe space for people where they aren't being harassed. And I also (laughs) have to provide an environment where people can try their jokes and say whatever they want. Um, So if you want to know what kind of anxiety I was experiencing at the time, there is a reason I was high the whole time. (laughs) And that's pretty much why. Jesus uh, Christ. Yeah, at any
2: given point there were dozens of people that would be at these at these mics. Audience members I'm talking about. Like we would get a bunch of comedians to sign up, but there was a significant audience portion and yeah, you know you don't want to lose
0: that. And that was the audience that I brought in from the poetry club. And you know college poets are extraordinarily woke generally speaking. Um, and, and have they, great senses of humor. Well, <laughs> <laughs> notoriously, look, I mean, I mean, they like my jokes, but I, I, try not, there. I try not to talk about that stuff just because I don't think that I have anything intelligent to say about it. Um, and it really wasn't about jokes at that point. It had become really just this big dude yelling at this girl, asking her if he had ever been, if she had ever been raped in a basement it was very (laughs) uncomfortable i Uh, i was definitely there for that i
2: cannot think of who that was yeah
0: i mean if you'd like i could tell you after i just i'm really not about broadcasting any sort of beefs because i don't have any problem with this person well you said they're not Uh, doing comedy
1: anymore so it's a how do you You know who was performing there dan you have the encyclopedic memory who was performing at tabernacle there are so many there's a there's a lot of people that started doing comedy at this
2: thing man and there's a lot of people that came up doing comedy like I was I was fairly new doing comedy when Tabernacle was was just starting and you had you had a ton of people that were like from the Stress Factory and they would find out about it and come by right because we had we had bigger crowds in the Stress Factory at the time for some
0: definitely a lot of them
2: you did man
0: right most open mics are mostly comics in the in the crowd or at least a, a good portion of them Yeah. Um, Especially in central Jersey, there really wasn't anything like it at the time. Um, So we gave a lot of people and I'm proud of this. And we gave a lot of people the opportunity to perform in front of crowds that they never would have had the opportunity to do otherwise. That's very true. Um, Right. But we also let everybody and anybody get up there. That's Um, also very true. (laughs) Right. And I, in retrospect, you know, I wish we would have capped it at twenty five. I wish <laughs> um,
3: that's still too long.
2: <laughs> I mean,
0: but it, it was it was forty people, and mind you, I had to cap people at three to five minutes because we. Didn't want to do a four oh, hours. Was
2: so much, the, the light was ignored. I think there more than any place that I've been. The, the light was frequently
0: ignored, and there was there was a lot of there was a lot of people who went after me, and that's why I didn't really enjoy hosting the show because, <laughs> because people got mad at you just for them, hey, you need to get, get. mad at me for telling them to get off the stage because they've been up there for too long, and I, it's not like I had a. I had a um, a light or, you know, I, I literally just had to walk up on stage and be like, okay, you're done. Yes. Because um, yeah. we have 35 more people to go to. And a lot of people, I, I don't remember the names of the people who went after me, but there was some of them. There was definitely a guy whose name may or may not have rhymed with Dead Joster, who Definitely tried to fight Marlin.
1: Um, <laughs> oh Jesus.
0: Yeah, yeah. People didn't usually want to fight me because I was small and unassuming and kind of pathetic, but Marlin was a little <laughs> taller and a little bit more his his stage presence was a little bit more dominant. Marlin's so. like a
2: secret agent a lot of the time. So I can yeah. see him getting into fights.
0: Yeah, no, but it was Marlon is the most harmless, sweetest guy that you could possibly imagine who has a black belt. In Aikido, I believe. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, Steven
2: Seagal's uh, school. Yeah. Oh actually- no.
1: Oh, stop it.
0: He's that's not that's not an actual
1: black. Marlon though.
2: has done Steven Seagal impressions before too, so this <laughs> makes sense. Steven
1: Seagal Steven Seagal martial arts. Oh Jesus, I forgot Aikido existed. I'm now it, mad. I love Marlon, man. You two made a great team. We did our best. And Marlon never actually fought anybody
0: that I know of,
1: but a And lot If of he people- could, I am sorry. He's gonna get his ass kicked. Fucking Akito! Akito! Hell yeah! <laughs> Get out of here, bro, bro. I I remember. Um, you ever see those videos of like Steven Seagal like going to like Russia and having like paid demonstrations? To perform no. a Keto? Yeah, all totally uh, real. It's the worst. It's the worst shit. He's like, he's, it's like that fucking, um, uh, who did the bit where he was talking about, um? where they were talking about, I think it was Pablo Francisco who talked about the bit about Bruce Lee, where he's just pointing at people to go down, being like, checks in the mail, all this shit. He's like, Steven Seagal's doing this shit to like KGB agents. They're just running up. He's like, push and they're just done. (laughs) Yeah, well, (laughs) Harlan would not do anything like that.
0: He was a sweetheart that just... from what I understand, knew how to defend himself if all it had right, ever fair. come to that. That's fair. Which which it did not. Um, At least not that I know of. Um, Although there were some people that we definitely wanted to kick their ass. Um, if we had the opportunity, we might have done that. And there were definitely some people who wanted to kick our asses. So, all in all, it was like any other
1: open mic. <laughs> <laughs> Just like every other open mic. You did. You did mention uh, people running the light and stuff. I I do remember what was it? The first time I hosted an open mic over at the co op over at George Street, we had uh, two None gentlemen who gave you that.
2: Uh- who gave you that opportunity, Liam? I don't
1: know. Someone who should have given me more. I don't know who, but uh there's there's some time. That's the spirit. That's the spirit. A cold shade your co-host. That's how we do it here. Yeah. Guys. And the guy who's <laughs> giving you like, giving me extra spots. That's why
0: that's why I never like to hear people complain about Tabernacle because of course it wasn't perfect. Of course it was a shit show a lot of the time. But like I said, we gave you a crowd of 60. People, um, at least on any given week, and they weren't all your peers. They were all comedians and yeah, it was a really filthy basement, but I mean Look, I'm not saying be grateful, but at least don't try to kick our asses.
1: Yeah, that's a fair point. That's no, a, that's take the very least, take
2: pictures and document it. Like, yeah, whatever. Dan, you were Docu- great.
1: document, <laughs> document You're people totally trying to do that.
2: No, I never. I, as far as I know, I don't believe I photographed anything illegal, and I definitely didn't publish it after that. Well, the whole thing was illegal. I mean, it
0: was. <laughs> I can't. It was. That. It was definitely violating the fire codes. Uh,
2: <laughs>
0: in New Brunswick, I know Maine. no
2: one was smoking
0: anything down and there. It was definitely violating our lease because <laughs> we were not allowed to have public gatherings of more than a few. It, weeks oh before. yeah, that that was uh, happening quite often. Right, it was happening on a <laughs> weekly basis, and we were also <laughs> By abortion- with- yeah. party animals on top of that so um we were we were definitely breaking the law by doing that show not to mention getting under the you know ruffling the feathers of some of the local comedy. parking and in that doctor's office yeah parking in the doctor's i love office those it was so convenient it was and you could park there now you could park there as long as you aren't there at nine in the morning nobody really I- cared I've remembered years
2: after that, and I still use that parking lot sometimes.
0: There you go, right? Well, I'm glad that's something that you were able to take away from the from the Tabernacle Comedy Club.
1: <laughs> not memories, not great jokes, a parking space. I'm glad that not making out with bad. girls in that parking lot, just the parking <laughs> lot itself. Just the parking lot. Just taking advantage. Of illegal parking, man, Dan. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> I mean, finding
1: parking in New Brunswick is a nightmare sometimes. Oh, it's um, hell it's- on earth.
0: It's hell on earth. Right. So, if you I'm-
1: park in the co-op.
0: Unless you park in the co-op.
1: Or down the street from the co-op an hour before the mic so that you have a space. Because if it's 15 minutes before, you have to park like three blocks down. I know the route. I know how Brunswick works. Or you can just park in that graveyard. You can't park in the graveyard, Dan. There's no parking space in the graveyard. Yeah, you can't park in the graveyard. What are you talking about? There's you're literally
0: driving over
1: people's up. graves. Is that what you're... <laughs> no, I just back no. it up right against their grave. I don't knock the grave over. Do <sighs> you hey. pull up into the sewer drain next door? Is that what you're saying? Just pull up... Pull don't call the library in that, man. It's a nice library. I don't care who's camping outside. It's no, just... I'm talking about the Methodist church that's across the street from it. That's, oh, fuck that's... that place. I <laughs> what a boring denomination. Yeah, yeah. Fuck the Methodists. What the hell, man? Why are you why are you so angry? Are they are they are they worse than the Calvinists, or are the Calvinists still the worst Christian um... branch division? That's a good good topic. Worst Christian
2: denomination?
1: Pip, do you have a... Well, no, no, I would say say
2: that the Uh, Westboro Baptist Church is the absolute worst. Yeah, the Evangelicals.
0: The Evangelicals, that's what I was going to say. They're pretty shitty. I'm not a fan of Jews for Jesus. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if they count as a, as a Christian denomination, but I think once you bring Jesus into it, you're Christian.
1: Right? I think that's
2: what Jerry Lewis uh, joined later in his life.
0: <laughs> what? I'm
2: for Jesus!
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was doing a, doing a bit. Was he actually a Jew for Jesus? No, nah, I think he just used too much hair
2: coloring, and it just seeped into <laughs> his mind. Is that
1: before? He's like, am I a Christian?
0: Is that before or after? Lady. Is that the... Elie, am I a Christian? Elie,
1: is that before or after the Holocaust movie he did? Which, which, which I don't whatever, remember that movie, Jerry, but uh, dude, it never got released. After. Dude, oh god, that's the legendary. That's the legendary. movie. Yeah, the day the. From Clone what I've time. heard, it's never been released, and it never will be, and nobody's ever seen it. It's no. just a nightmare. I think what was it? Who? Uh, somebody from. Uh, One of the voice cast guys from fucking The Simpsons, they went over to Jerry Lewis's house and they saw the movie, and, and their their response to it was like, it is a movie so awe-inspiring and also simultaneously so dis- disturbingly depressing and needless. It's like one of those films where you're just watching there being like, wow, why... Why? right <laughs> it's just, uh, like a film that i had yeah, to sit through it's recently it's because of liam uh
2: pip are you familiar with a movie called wired from 1989
0: i am not familiar with a movie called wired from 1989 we don't
1: have not want this it. up a... every every episode <laughs> every yeah, episode i like how dan it's, oh, it's okay. a
2: john it's a john belushi anti-biopic it it has nothing really to do with his actual life but it says it does
1: that being said uh but that 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 whole thing i i honest to god wish that the day the crowd cried got, uh got released i don't know about anyone else here i think the day the clown cried is one of the most important films in american history and by god it by darn it we need it released
0: Wait, on what basis are you saying that it's one of
1: the most important
0: i'd like to hear this argument (laughs) because this is is actually see
1: um As someone who one day dreams of having a second podcast where I talk about the worst movies ever released, that is the holy grail of the worst movies ever released. That I'd is- like to be a guest on that podcast as well. That sounds <laughs> it's, amazing. Let's, it's let's, fucking uh, a nightmare. And do- why would you make, uh, for those who are at home who don't know what in the world I'm talking about, Jerry Lewis back in like the late sixties directed this movie called the day, the clown cried, which is oh, he did direct it. He directed and wrote it <laughs> and starred in oh, it. And he, he put a lot of money into it because he's like, I believe that, The Holocaust, we need to understand the depravity and the pain of the Holocaust. And the idea of the movie is that there's this Jewish clown who is performing around the times of the Holocaust, and the German Nazis decide to hire him to be a clown, to lure the children into the gas chambers at Auschwitz. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, yeah. and so he's... he's What's funny he's, about that? And character. so... And so he's he's at the doors. He's at the doors is... of the, like the Dachau or Auschwitz like gas chambers, <laughs> luring kids in with his witty charm to go into the gas chambers. And then at the end he realizes the error of his ways and goes in with the children into the gas chamber and dies. And that is um... That is the basis of this movie that was released. Studio execs saw this, said, what the fuck were you thinking? And they put it in, Jerry Lewis put it in a vault, never to be released ever again. And so there's very few people that have seen it. And every person that has seen it has said, it is the worst movie ever released which SS officer did oh, Dean Martin play <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering which okay. SS officer Sammy Davis played that's the real question
2: <laughs> well, well I like how the, you know Jerry uh, Jerry Lewis it seems like was ahead of his time Spielberg just ripped him off verbatim oh, except there was sure. no, there was no clown in
0: us uh, well list all right, right right wait wait a minute so Jerry Lewis who we all know was probably not the friendliest or uh, the friendliest guy uh, to ever do comedy um, <laughs> and, and and Jerry Lewis made this movie, recognized that it was a failed experiment, and decided never to release it, and that he never wanted it to see the light of day, right? Would you consider that a form of censorship, or would you consider that a form <laughs> of common sense? No. which Which circles back to what I was talking about earlier. I think that in comedy, you have to be able to try whatever you want, but also not be a moron.
1: That is absolutely correct, and that is yeah, why, you have to have... as as the as the leftist voice on this, I will put on my maga hat for this case because oh, no. I believe that the day the clown cried needs to be released because Jerry Lewis performed self sabotage and censorship on on the release of this. You know, after he died, I think there's a copy that's in the uh, library of Alexandria. So if we could get a hold. Of membership into the library of alexandria we could also watch a copy of the day the clown Cry. or yeah, like what you gotta to do is
0: you gotta you gotta you gotta <laughs> do what they tried to do with area 51 and just storm the library or storm the jerry lewis estate
1: and just steal <laughs> a
0: copy <laughs>
1: For real. King of comedy your way in there. Yo, if there was like an Ocean's Eleven, like Steven Soderbergh-esque, like heist movie about people going to Jerry Lewis's house to rob him and get The Day the Clown Cried, I'd invest money into that movie. I don't
0: why why
1: wouldn't you write
0: this movie the world is waiting
1: the world is rating i do have a screenwriting degree i don't know how to use it though well we could <laughs> try that's writing a writing movie that's, that's how you use your screenwriting degree is that you sh- know the idea of it is you get a, a low rent minimum wage job for 13 years and then cry about never making it that's what happened. Wow, Liam, <laughs> you're 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 the cloud that's crying. Holy shit! Yo, hey, here, right. I did. I, I, did I write a few screenplays depressing. though. I did. I did write a few with screenplays, Richard Dweck. Though, so. I, with I, Richard Dweck. Yeah, with Richard co-written. <laughs> right, and I'm
0: really glad. I'm really glad we're mentioning Richard Dweck because because this is I.
2: A great segue. I uh, yeah, Richard. Getting separate. back to to Christians, I, I want to talk is about Israelite. Week. I didn't know if you knew that. Richard is a devout <laughs> Black Israelite.
1: That
0: does not sound accurate, as he is a white man and Jew, like an old kind of Jew, not a Black Israelite kind of Jew. Well, according to him, he's the true Jew. <laughs> right. Whatever that means. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that means at all. Oh no! What he's the Black Israelites are a movement of well they consider themselves the real jews but they're actually just tremendously anti-semitic and i believe they <laughs> carry, i believe they carried out the attack on that synagogue from a few years ago uh, i thought that was last year <laughs> or, i don't know time is kind of uh, all relative and abstract anyway especially in this day and age but Circling back to Dweck, I want to understand why Richard Dweck is your mascot. I want to understand why Dan Caprio is obsessed with Richard Dweck as a person who did... Who Yes, you are. Who did comedy very infrequently in the last few years just because I've been busy working through my own bullshit. I never really got to uh, experience the Dweck experience. And I'd like to understand... Why he's your mascot, and why you consider him a New Jersey comedy icon, and why you talk about him on every show? Um, And I got right, and that's really the only reason I'm here. Dan Caprio, are you obsessed with Richard Dweck?
2: I have, I have been quoted on this podcast as saying that uh, Richard Dweck has the New Jersey comedy scene in a stranglehold. And I will hold okay. true now, to those what does words. that
3: mean? <laughs> that means
2: that Richard Dweck is the highest form of comedy that New Jersey has to offer.
0: <laughs> the highest form
2: of comedy that New Jersey... I, I still think are Eddie Murphy, even though he dismisses Eddie Murphy as, quote, I don't think he's funny. Dan, I hate you okay, so much. So- <laughs> uh, no, I love Eddie Murphy. I I just bought Raw on DVD because I I realized that I didn't have it anymore. Uh, Rich uh, dismisses Eddie Murphy as a stand-up comedian and also a comedic presence, and okay. I love him.
0: For so the- I'm starting to understand this a little bit. Um, so you resent Richard Dweck being a bit of a comedy snob? Is I that resent what this him is?
2: more than any person on earth.
0: Okay, right, and why though? There's a lot of bad people, Dan. There's there's a lot of bad comedians too. There's Carrot Top, and there's lots of people who do way more damage to comedy than Richard Dweck, and yet you resent him more than any person on Earth. Who are also,
1: also, I would like to put on the table, are actual comics. So, Dan... (laughs) What is is Rich? What is he, an improv troop guy? I mean, he has done improv in a minute. Is he
0: part of a this With this actual comic thing. We're all actual (laughs) comics. And we're all failed comics.
1: And we're all like... We all try try our best. I not. I I don't know.
0: coming out in a few months.
1: Hell yeah!
0: Look, and I don't, I don't have any beef. Like I said, I have, I don't know Richard Dweck very well. I've sat next to him at co-op a few times. He seems like a nice kid. No, he he's seems not. Like he, Dad thinks he's not. <laughs> I want to know, I want to know what I'm missing, and I want to know why he's worthy of such a fixation.
1: What? I don't, I don't understand it, Pip. I don't understand it. I mean, I could answer at least one question. Uh, the logo to our podcast. I chose the photo because I thought it would yeah, actually I didn't look choose pretty that photo. cool. I thought it looked it is a good cool. photo. Yeah, it's I a will, really nice you, it's, photo. It's it's very twin peaksish. It's very it's twin peaksish. I do I mean, like, like it's almost it's,
2: like yeah, Rich Rich is the one that got murdered at the beginning of the show, <laughs> the show and you're trying to figure out who killed that <laughs> who that killed Richard Dweck? <laughs> who could, who killed that mulleted maniac? Just
1: have and, just have oh. fucking uh fucking uh Dale Cooper show up with coffee being like why is richard dweck where is richard dweck is he in the red room <laughs> and then rich they find they go to the red room and richard dweck's doing the serious goose bit i i would kill myself <laughs> i would end the case by murdering myself i can't write that joke but he, he
0: doesn't think you, it, you he should murder yourself <laughs>
2: <laughs> i figure a way out pippa you ever heard his bit on a serious slash silly goose.
0: Okay, so is the bit that is the bit that the goose is, what is the bit?
1: Okay, so the bit is is that he he talks about I think he for some reason starts. He it doesn't off, like the phrase. For her, you're a silly goose. First off, first off, he he for some reason references Kanye West at least three or four times. I've seen him. I do don't like this, that either. The segue into the serious goose bit. He starts it off being like, you know, we call we call, uh, we call uh, Kanye West a silly goose. And I'm like, uh, no, no one, one does has ever called him that. No one does. Oh, that. see, that's a problem because nobody does call Kanye West a silly goose. Yeah, they call him a stupid fucking moron. That like oh, every I other reference. A... <laughs> they, they call him all sorts of things, but I, I'm just like that. Those
0: two reference points are not. They have nothing in common, so that's an issue. Exactly. Uh, but go
3: on. So, so is the so bit about so how
1: silly he, goose is? Go ahead. So he goes in and he's like, you know, they call him a silly goose, and I never really understood because like. What if there was a serious goose? And like I walk downstairs and there's a serious goose at my table reading my newspaper. And I think you think you're better than me, goose? And that is the bit.
0: Okay. Well, that is the entire bit. That's an <laughs> work. <Okay. laughs> I think it needs work. But uh, it's it's certainly not the worst joke that any of us have heard in an open mic. I'll tell um, you that much but... for sure. I mean, like, I, I kind of like it. I mean, what about a serious goose? Uh, that's kind of like a funny kind. There are. They're called every goose. Have you ever been hissed at by a goose? That's some serious shit right there. Dude, that's a just, good joke right now. You've uh, you've improved the bit. By, that happened by, to me. That's not a joke.
3: <laughs>
0: that's what makes it so relatable, that. That's Dan. very parked by multiple geese. Oh, dad, you've got a really tragic life, and I'm sorry. but No, I killed I just, those geese. I just mean that, like, why do we say silly goose? Gooses or geese are actually really serious. Uh, that's kind of funny. I, I'm not saying it would kill, and I'm not saying I would do that joke. I'm saying it's not worthy of such derision. It's not worthy of you <laughs> 40% of your comedy career going after Richard Dweck, who...
2: I have... I have written a lot of roast jokes. I'm gonna do some of them. I keep talking. I, I have to find the folder.
0: No, no. Let's hear. Let's hear your roast of Richard Dweck, which I'm sure. I'm sure these jokes are well written. They are.
1: <laughs> a lot of these are really recent too. Yo, I didn't okay. know this was going to be a call-out podcast. Damn. This is, <laughs> well, <laughs> this no, is this a Dan is, uh, Caprio intervention right now. Let's go. <laughs> it's not an intervention. It, it, it's
0: really trying to understand what I'm missing here, right? Because Dweck seems like a pretty nice guy. I mean, especially compared to some people in the comedy scene. Um, he's a very, there's he's a, lot a
1: very generous soul. I will say that. Yeah, Dweck is know, a good kid. It, and maybe, maybe, maybe you don't like his jokes or
0: whatever. But I don't like anybody's jokes, so I can certainly understand that. <laughs> yeah, it's For right.
1: For
2: real, I agree. There's, <laughs> there's a good set of them. Uh, I hate, I hate uh, all new rap, especially Richard Dweck's contribution to it. Richard Dweck is a stumble rapper, <laughs> a as stumble opposed to rapper mumble rapper.
1: <laughs> Instead of a bum uh, bum. No, been, I get
2: it. I've been to a haunted house. It's Richard Dweck's place at Hanukkah. <laughs> What? Richard Dweck needs an oddly shaped casket for his Hebrew
1: Hebrew funeral. Oh, Jesus Christ. Richard oh, Dweck, bad.
2: Lane Bryant, maternity sweatshirt, GoFundMe. Richard Dweck has an abominable look. Sherpas can't stop throwing rocks at the guy. <laughs> Richard Dweck deserves to be castrated by a firing squad. See, some of these are just setups. Yeah. I, are, I, that's that's just, a setup and a punch. They're right? all just setups,
3: Dad. Richard I, I, Dweck I, I, identifies as set. non.
2: Wait, this is, this is topical. Richard Dweck identifies as non-binary. He would rather rent than outright buy your nary. <laughs> what does that, that,
0: mean? that doesn't even make any sense, Dan. No, that's a pun <laughs> and a, roast joke. He's, but, a roast he's, joke. Not,
2: he's non-binary because he's uh, he's a little on the Hebrew side. I want Richard Dweck to be attacked by the dogs from The Omen, the satanic
1: Dobermans. Richard Half of Dweck these jokes him. are just threats. They're not even yeah. jokes. <laughs> You're like, your joke That's is a, like, your, your, is your joke is like, I wish Richard Dweck took a machine gun shrapnel to the face. Let me what's hit me with that question. chain gun Rich, bullet.
2: Let's go. Why does so, Richard Dweck have John Lennon eyes? We still don't know the answer to that.
0: Hey, wait, wait a minute. Can we go back to that one? What does that mean? <laughs> John Lennon eyes? Well, you know what John Lennon looks like, right? Uh, of course. It's like he always
2: looks like either really high or really sleepy. It's like, come on, Rich, right. wake up. So
0: you think Richard Dweck is looks really sleepy, and I do. that's that's why you're dedicating a whole segment, or rather but like forty percent of your podcast to talking about the guy. I also know what Richard Dweck. Do <laughs> you know what I this reminds more. me I will of? I will,
1: put, I will put this. I will put this uh, uh, to to rest. Uh, it's not forty percent. It's about thirty percent, and okay. I have I'm made. Sorry. I have made strided efforts to make sure that it's not entirely forty, if not sixty percent. Dan Dan's, Dan's a cursed man. He will just do whatever. I bring a two-hour podcast conversation to the table. He flips shit, but he can bring Richard <laughs> Dweck jokes up like a motherfucker. Hey and Liam, we, I got a question we, for you. Do you own any stocks in GameStop, Dan? <laughs> what is Richard Dweck's favorite war I, film? I hate you.
0: What? What? Answer a blimp too far. Is the joke that he looks like a blimp? Is that a fat joke? I think. That's well, I,
2: I, I tell you, Rich may have the eye of the tiger, but few know he also has the anus of a rhinoceros.
1: <laughs> Wait, but he has John Lennon eyes. He doesn't have an eye of the tiger. He has the Rich eye looks of John like Lennon. A
2: Viking. Rich looks like a Viking Harvey Firestein, looking like
1: Leaf Eric Stein. Who was the guy that you kept trying to compare him to from Clinton's administration?
2: Oh, uh, famed uh, surgeon general, that's general of all surgery, C. Everett Coop. Who the fuck
1: is C. Everett Coop?
2: I have a roast joke about that, too. No no clock.
1: one no, no one past the age of, like, 47 would know who the fuck C. Everett Most Coop
2: men, is. Liam, age like a fine wine. Rich is aging like a loaf of bread with fruit in it.
0: <laughs> I kind of like that one. Yeah, that Dad, makes it gay as gay You're not you're not doing well to plead your case here that you don't have an obsession.
3: I
2: did it
0: Munchausen syndrome
2: and Munchausen is spelled Munch very big. Why are you just get <laughs> it Munchausen? Dan, Dan,
1: Dan, you have Dan, you have a problem. It's okay. You just need, you just need to address it to the public.
0: Yeah, so, and I, I did not come out here to to confront Dan Caprio. I really didn't. I like you, Dan, but I came here trying to understand. And instead of under, I'm a little bit concerned for you.
1: Dan, will you think about therapy to get Richard Dweck out of your head? No, but I'll think about doing one
2: more roast joke at anyway.
3: all. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right. You have oh, Richard Dweck's eyelids are obese. His eyelids. That's not a joke. You're just saying that his eyelids are fat. That's not. <laughs> he has fat eyelids.
0: Yeah. That's... Who has who has obese eyelids? I'll tell you. who. Richard Dweck. Is it is it Richard Dweck that has obese? Richard, oh, Richard Bartholomew Richard Dweck. Richard Bartholomew Dweck. Is his middle name really Bartholomew, or are I, you making that up? I
1: well, I think I, Liam made that up. I think I made because that up. That's, yeah, that's that was pretty funny. I like that. I,
3: like that. <laughs>
1: I, I try my best. But but we have to move on. We have to move on. We can't, we can't sit here actually turning this this not-Dweck cast into a said-Dweck cast. Oh, yeah, okay. here's a no I one. A, wait, Dan, to, Dan, Dan no, no, no Dan. Dan, we're moving on. We are moving on. So, Pip. We'll get to OJ yeah. Simpson in a little while. Did you see the vaccine tweet he put out? Uh, yeah, no. but uh, Carl Callan
2: sent me one, and I wanted to do that one because he directly sent it to me.
1: All right, we'll hold off on. And that. And I think he wanted me to do it on the podcast. We'll we'll round that out. But um, Pip, we got we got to talk about this. This is this is the okay. big story of the week. Uh, you got any stock in GameStop? I do not have any stock in
3: GameStop.
1: <laughs> right? I
0: I love to have stock in GameStop right now. That whole situation is just amazing to me um but i can't really understand what happened if you want to
1: explain it for your listeners oh. i would love to hear. oh i would love to pip i have notes i have notes of this whole situation i have been i'm gonna review my notes at one in yours. the morning taking all of this in so one of my favorite little pastimes one of my many jacks of all trade uh, trends I tend to love is learning about just stock market horseshit. I, I love me watching a big short or a margin call, or I just got done watching Glengarry, Glenn Ross. So, like, economic dramas are my thing. So, when I heard about this story, I just had to jump on it and see what the fuck was going on. So, here's what's happening. Um,. A bunch of hedge fund guys, which are sort of Wall Street guys who make their tr- their living by betting and trading, they were doing what is called in the industry buying shorts. Buying shorts. Uh, for those who don't understand the concept, it's ostensibly if you have a good that's valued at a high a high value, let's say a dollar, I borrow some of them. I sell them out for a dollar and then I wait. I have to pay you back for the ones that I borrowed. But as I took the ones that I borrowed, if the price goes down, I will then buy those back at the reduced price. So whatever wow. I made back so be my profit. So you make profit by predicting that the stock is going to go down.
0: Yes. So, so basically, first of all, why are they allowed to sell stock that they borrow? That sounds like cheating to me
1: it's um. it's hedge fund like banker bullshit it's like backhanded oh. like you borrow oh. shares from a broker a broker's like all right cool they you borrow the shares you expect them to buy them back within like a week or so to be good on it Because you don't think that the market's going to go down. They think the market's going to go down.
0: Right. And they reasonably predicted that GameStop and AMC would go down because it's a pandemic. And those two companies aren't doing
1: so hot. Here's where things get interesting and weird. So these hedge funds, the big one here is Melvin Capital. That was big on this shit. They ended up shorting GameStop a fuck ton. They shorted them 140%. So that means most of the, sh- the the stocks that were coming out and most of the shares that were going were all shorts. You so said that- 140%. How is that even possible? If you, if you, uh, if like based on the uh, allotted value <laughs> from it previous, they basically are over shorting it. They're, they're over shorting the value. So they have an estimated value. It was 40% under the already low existing value. That was estimated. So they're they're borrowing these gimmicks. They're selling off the stocks. They're sell- they're buying them back. They're making the profit. The stock drops to three dollars and twelve cents a share. Oh God, three dollars. That's very $3. cheap. Yep, yeah, dangerously cheap. Uh, that's very much like uh, let's say some some idiot who works at a fry cooking job that has maybe like a thousand dollars laying around. They probably have enough to buy a lot of shares with it. And this is where we enter our protagonists in this story. Uh R slash Wall Street Bets. Now Reddit. 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 Our boys at Reddit at R slash Wall Street Bets, which is a subreddit based around like basically a bunch of these like uh minimum wage workers who fucking they they, they get their money in, they sell their money, and they are uh, what is that? What, the Echo Back? Yeah, that was Dan. I'm moving yeah. his mic. So, yeah, yeah, Wall Street Bets, it's basically like a bunch of guys who think of themselves as like Leonardo DiCaprio from Wolf of Wall Street. But in actuality, they're very much more so just like the average Joe who's like pissing their money away on faulty penny stocks. They find out about GameStop shortage. They put all their money into it collectively to boost the, the value of the stock. So they buy all the stock. They're buying that, all the stock. <laughs> oh, no. So that would make the stock go Sh- up. Jump in price. It's, <laughs> oh, jeez. And not just jump in value. I mean... 3 to $10, $3 a share to $10 a share by December. Uh 10 to $20 a share by mid December and by January, $20 a share goes all the way up to $145 a share. And then the next day following that, $145 a share goes all the way up to $350 a share. So those
0: guys who never fucked
1: The guys who shorted them now have to pay billions back to the broker they borrowed. (laughs) Meanwhile, the guys that were buying these shares at $3.12 are now running away with millions of dollars. This is the greatest thing. Like, this is the greatest uh, thing. this This is very punk rock. So rad. Just like. Rating the system—it's so fucking hardcore. I love these. Guys. I actually did check; they're at three
0: hundred twenty-five dollars a share as of this morning.
1: Well, um, that's that's the whole thing. There were some curves in this story because Thursday, Robinhood, which is the big app a lot of these guys were using, they restricted any access to. GameStop's shares, AMC shares, Nokia shares, BlackBerry shares—all the, all the, all the stocks that Wall Street bets were using—they basically blocked off all use of. Right,
0: that. I heard about that, which is, which is total bullshit. I mean, especially because they're called Robinhood. And they're in the business of stealing from the poor and giving to the rich.
1: <laughs> Instead, they're sheriffs I mean, like, of Nottingham. That's what they are. Yeah, really. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I mean, that's like that's like if I started an app that put muggers back on the street and called it Batman. I mean, what? Yeah,
1: that's ridiculous. For real. for For real. So they start doing that. They come to find out that one of the people behind... Robin Hood, the founding of Robin Hood, is a company called Citradel. Citradel is a major firm in Wall Street, and it was one of the firms that borrowed that sent money over to Melvin Capital who ended up going bankrupt because they shorted GameStop so much. So, people are starting to put two and two together and say, oh, fuck, this is an inside job. These people are basically letting the hedge funds win because they made a stupid bet. Right, and
0: because... Uh, the the Robin Hood app is being funded by these, these same hedge fund people,
1: right? Or more or less. Basically. Yeah. It's all interconnected into the same group and fraternity of right. people.
0: Uh, we knew this, that these uh the these rich assholes on Wall Street have the whole thing in their back pocket. They've rigged the whole system.
1: Oh yeah, of course. That it's been it's been a thing for years. That these people basically were like, "Nah, this is our playground. This is where we make money. That's it. That's that's all we can do." Right. And as soon as people
0: start doing it, like real people, that's when they freak the <laughs> hell out.
1: I like how you say real people because like everybody that was showing up on like Bloomberg to be like, "How dare Reddit do this?" They all looked like guys really bitter. They never made it on Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs. <laughs> like they <laughs> all looked the most smarmy people they were the most smarmy fucking like there was some guy with like a cow leather and like black and white glasses coming on being like ah these the short stocks guys should be fully em- embraced and, and reddit should be thrown in jail for allowing this to happen they're like what the f-
0: reddit what- is not
1: a person reddit is
0: a collection of individuals is it not
1: i mean it's like what, what the- is this guy
0: talking about
1: what are these fucking hunger games villains doing on my television right now yeah i mean that i can't bet in the stock market get the fuck out of my face so yeah i I imagine the
0: networks that put the mod are also in the back pocket of the hedge funds
1: well yeah ostensibly but uh as it's looking like robin hood's in deep shit because robin hood now is apparently going to be uh sued in a class action lawsuit Ooh, that's exciting oh yeah it's i think it's like several million is going down with it there's so much perfect irony here like the fact that it's robin
0: hood that is going through all this and the fact that this is all happening to gamestop of all companies like my (laughs) god because gamestop has been ripping off poor people forever um, for as long as i can remember you'd walk into gamestop and you would you have like 30 games to trade in and they'll be like here's two dollars um so i just like that the
1: the people are really fighting back but they're using gamestop to do it that's amazing god damn right goddamn right it's it's beautiful it, you just right. you just love to see it in this economy dan and don't you is,
0: love seeing the- <laughs> their nine dollar popcorns like what the hell
1: Hell yeah, man! Hell yeah, it's it's. I miss AMC. I miss AMC too. Yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. I miss movie theaters. I don't miss AMC. That's a that's a better option, actually. I do. I miss. I mean, like, I just like I used to
0: go to this local theater in uh in uh Bradley Beach, New Jersey. That I don't know how they did this, but as recently as like 2018. You could go in, and the movie ticket was five dollars, and the popcorn was five dollars, and they were a tiny local theater with one screen. And AMC, you go in with your seventeen dollar tickets and your twenty three dollar popcorns with no free refills. It's bullshit. I hope that they they burn and die. Um, but um i'm really
1: happy (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. you hate amc that much shit
0: (laughs) no no no. i mean like I, i just don't like big corporations so i don't understand are they benefiting from this is gamestop happy that their stock is skyrocketing right now i mean they don't they don't seem like they're any less doomed a brick and mortar video game store in a pandemic during the downloading video game age that we are now in i don't think that they're going to survive anyway so what does all of this mean for them as a company
1: they kind of are, see- like, I can tell that I know a bunch of them are kind of seeing, like, this is, vi- a lot of people, my understanding is a lot of the Wall Street people are pissed off because it's normal people doing a pump and dump, which is ostensibly you pump up the stark mo- stock market value, and then you pull them right out of the fucking rug, and then you win Right. Them. Yeah. And um, meanwhile, I think that like with GameStop, they just put up a new guy on their CEO board who knows a thing or two about e-commerce and the e-market. So I think they might be transitioning over to like trying to be fucking... What's what's it? They're trying to be like Amazon for gaming, I guess, or at least like try Ugh. to go in like that online bracket at some like point. Steam, like Steam, maybe. I I feel like that maybe Steam, maybe more so like it like eBay specifically for gamers. I think is more or less what I'm getting the feeling for because like the guy who runs Chewy is the guy that they just got on the guy who does the dog the dog food uh delivery service and so, so GameStop
0: has not yet um cried uncle.
1: Not yet. Not yet. I mean, I mean, they had Reggie Fizame as like a spokesperson for a minute, and then they he left immediately when COVID started. So, you know, it, it's all up in the air. But it's just such a weird story because it's something you don't normally see. We had the weird coup that happened like th- two weeks ago by these psycho fascists. And now yeah. a bunch of like internet trolls named like come dumpster 37 xx now own like <laughs> that sounds legit now own like fucking 60 million dollar lagoons somewhere it's right so off, li- man. hell yeah literally.
0: power to the people i mean like you know social media was was always going to give some power back to the people it certainly gave some power back to the trump people um although they're not the people that we really wanted to have the power it seems like these reddit people are cooler they, um, they
1: just don't give a fuck man they're just nuts it's like it's you know i i just love all the tweets that were going around of like people being like okay after this they're certainly gonna get rid of the internet now we're just all fucked <laughs> but it's so good they're gonna get
0: rid of the internet i thought that you can't do that
1: well that was what I mean, Ajit pi was trying to do when he was running when he, he was that? he was trying to get rid of the internet that motherfucker yeah no his whole thing was he wanted to uh he wanted to push anti net neutrality laws in, so that right. major con- con- corporations could just throttle internet servers. And now that would be very oh, bad popular for. Idea. Oh, it's fucking heinous! I I hate it. Yeah. And then. This dickbag was like, yeah, no, uh, you guys will still have your internet. See, all the things you can do with your internet still. And he's like doing fidget spinner memes and shit. And he's like, <laughs> oh, look at me. I'm so funny. And they're like, you literally tried to kill the one thing we have. It's very, uh, um, like, uh,
0: fellow kids, the meme. Um, I appreciate
1: that. Oh, it's so bad. It's like if Dwight from The Office was trying to, like, relate to the kids. It's fucking heinous. Fucking heinous. There's, like, clips of this guy carrying around, like, an oversized mug, like, Reese's Pieces mug like comically huge sized fucking certified long hashtag certified long coffee mugs and he's chugging them and we're like what the f-? you are a goof you are a gimmick we hate you yeah that is ridiculous I mean, they, um, uh, but they do
0: have a lot of power uh when you they're not going to get rid of the internet but they could certainly do something wacky like like bread our wall street bets as uh financial terrorists or whatever and uh they could censor them or they could do um, uh, they could do whatever they want so um i mean if this is really hurting the billionaires they're going to fight back um so i wouldn't celebrate just yet this could be this could be bad
1: yeah it's it could be rough so at this moment guys just saying invest in dogecoin i have two thousand dollars on dogecoin right now you gotta invest it's at three cents right now three cents a share you'll be a millionaire in a second jump on are you this, serious you know? no i'm not i do not have a thousand <laughs> i don't have any shares in dogecoin do not no, right? I mean, do, you think, do you think investing in
0: dogecoin i don't know what that is but do you think that that is a actually good investment it's
1: it's a cryptocurrency that hasn't gone past a penny and like eight years and it's so now why? In, it's now at three cents a share well how do you short something that's so low <laughs> i think i think it was just like that's how the value of it started because it's basically a pump and dump for people it's so it seems d- it's so dumb it's so dumb it seems
0: that we have completely lost dan are you still with us
1: dan
2: Oh yeah, I was just uh, I was just working on my set. I'm I'm writing out no
1: cards for it. Hell yeah, Jeff! Yeah. Hell yeah, Dan. You, what what do you got going on on your itinerary? As
2: as far as the note cards go, I he just finished up religion. Oh,
1: you're that's just, pretty funny you scared him away with all this financial talk okay uh yeah we have to we have to get back on dan's level dan dan you gotta get back <laughs> into talking about richard dweck no no he's we innocent. can
2: talk about oj
1: we could yeah. talk about oj in in oj
2: and richard dweck are both hashtag innocent oh love.
1: shit dan you're back yes dan is indeed back <laughs> he's back from the womb and he's back with one of our favorite segments let, let let's run it everybody it is reading OJ Simpson's Twitter feed. There we go. Dan, what do we got for us this
2: week? I, I think we got – I think OJ lost another 1,000 followers. Uh, Pip, this man is still not verified on
0: Twitter. He's just <laughs> under a million.
2: He's at 904,700 uh, followers.
0: You're making I, I, me I'm, feel bad for OJ, which is not what I expected to happen. Yeah, and I'm not
2: going to do the tweet that was sent to me. I liked Liam's idea better. It's, oh, this is the most <laughs> yes. recent OJ Simpson tweet. It's from yesterday. It says, get your shot. I got mine. And it's OJ Simpson literally getting a COVID vaccine – With a juice mask on. Remember, Liam, we were talking about those juice masks he was selling?
1: Ah, yeah. what what is is it? it, it, Can
2: you you give us some more
0: information about the juice masks? Well, they're they're
2: done by a mask company called Brown Masks, which I thought was in very poor taste. You know, given OJ history with uh, the
0: word brown. And also um, given, yeah, yeah. You know, but well, yeah, I mean, so I
2: said OJ's uh, but,
0: but what, are, what are the masks look like? Do they just say juice on them? Do they
2: have a picture black, of
1: juice?
0: it's black, it says I have just the dropped, juice,
2: I have just and it's or it's orange writing.
1: I have just dropped the tweet right into the Discord right now. It's, oh, there it is, it's magical. Okay. It is all right.
0: So, OJ is trying to turn over a new leaf and he's trying well, he's to been inspire. Trying, but, To inspire his many fans into doing the right thing and getting vaccinated, I can't fault him for this. Very first
2: tweet uh, by New Year, Same Michael. Uh, It's nice to see OJ is the one getting stabbed for a change. Twenty four thousand
0: likes. That's (laughs) one of the highest likes I've seen in. That's a good joke.
2: That is good. So, uh, it's a, it's
0: a, it's a little bit in poor taste, but it's a good. Joke. Oh, that's that's a theme
2: on this, uh, this these Twitter threads. Uh, taste is not an option. Um, I do, de- I, do. Dez, I
0: uh, I'm Dez starting responds. to understand that about Twitter. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Just I guess, that's Twitter in general. Well, I actually just relaunched my own Twitter because, like I said, I'm finally taking medicine for my anxiety so um, I could stomach Twitter oh, don't read now. OJ's Twitter feed. Right. Don't no, I. no, 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 <laughs> I, I, I could. That's what I'm trying to say. I can handle it now. So I relaunched my own Twitter, and I've been having a good time tweeting things with my uh, 50 followers. Hell um yeah
1: as i am yeah one
0: of them. yeah thanks dad dad followed me liam i hope that you do as well i uh, hope because... so
1: i can check out my i think like 23 followers because i have yeah. oh i have 67 and there half of them go. don't respond to me so but at least it's something i'll take it oh
0: i'm holding
2: fast with 500 i lost at least 50 during the pandemic uh michael Rappaport
0: of all people. i don't think i've ever lost a follower at least not yet um, so that's something to be proud
2: of. Hell yeah. Well, here comes Michael Rappaport uh, saying, that ain't the right shot you need, sicko. And sicko <laughs> is a capitalized <laughs> for some reason. And it's right. also... Uh, that See, was, that's
0: a good joke, too, because was, he's implying that he wants... That has almost 1,500 likes. Uh, so it, miss. Wait, wait, before you re- before you go on to the next one, I really want to analyze this joke. Is that okay? Oh, of course. Yeah, so um is he implying that he wants OJ to get shot... With a gun or like a lethal injection? I believe
2: he might be talking about lethal injection. I believe uh, what so. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, I I so that's, that's a lethal, lethal injection. injection joke. Well, somebody's not happy with that response. Uh, one's a miss replies to Michael Rapport with, Cry me a river. He is not guilty. Get over it, white boy. And boy is okay. That's, E-O-I. Just,
0: that's just that's just madness though, because he's he's guilty. I mean, he's almost certainly guilty. <laughs> well.
1: I hot take. I don't agree with that. And These a are the of kind of hot takes that you can
0: expect from my Twitter feed.
1: I do. Uh, I, Rich- I do really love I do really love this top one from uh, Brandon uh, Rachel up top. Once again, the gloves don't fit and it's a photo of the nurse's gloves. <laughs> i think that was really witty that was pretty fire not gonna lie but her gloves do fit they look like they fit to me no nah, but there's air at the tips and you know what that means oh, Pip? you know what, know what that point? means the glove don't what fit he must quit. god damn it
2: Re- regina spectrum <laughs> uh chiming in with if the vein is hit you must quit. also Ooh. you murdered someone 235
1: likes. <laughs> that's really right blunt. to the point no
2: pun intended Uh, Flacco Joyd responding with, O.J. is the greatest running back of all time. Dickerson never won an MVP. Walter Payton was carried by his defense, and Sanders won a Mickey Mouse MVP. Uh, And then Norberto Lindgren responds to him with, Walter Payton played for years on some of the worst teams in the NFL. He's the greatest athlete to ever have played in the NFL. As for a running back, that title belongs to Jim Brown. That's a fair So that, that has nothing to do with Yeah, that. that's a good assessment of the. <laughs> I love when it goes off track like. That. <laughs> that just, yeah, so that's just, a little You we were just talking about football. Uh, right. Eric Johnson, Eric Johnson responds with out of all people OJ, you should you should have knew better after all the racism you dealt with during your known trial. The rest of us foundational black Americans remember Tuskegee syphilis experiment and other inhuman experiments on us. This white supremacy society never meant us any good responding to like OJ, you know, getting a
0: needle. I mean, that's that's at least truthful. I mean, you know, I could I could certainly understand the anger in, in that tweet. I don't know what it has to do with OJ getting a shot. Uh, but, but i'm glad i'm glad that this person is speaking their mind you know it's speaking truth to power although i'm not sure who power is in this context yeah, it seems to be doing what love the
2: rams uh responds with so oj killed two people and can get a shot but i'm a frontline worker and can't get one 684 likes that's that's a also point. a pretty good that's, a yeah. very, that's very, not a, I, mean, that's, I didn't know that yeah, uh, with uh, interest, responds with my uh, three year old grandfather, Navy veteran, living assistant, living facility is still waiting on his unbelievable 463 likes. Damn. Oh, Liam, uh, somebody responding to what you said. Once again, the glove don't fit. And it's a picture of the nurse's gloves. Hell yeah, that's 18,000 likes. There's something to that. There wow. Is. It really doesn't fit.
1: It Holy does shit. not fit. It does not Her fit. Her gloves do not fit. Know what that goddamn means. You must quit. Motherfucker. Is that what it means? Dude, I love it. Can you say
0: that a few more times? Because it rhymes and I really, I i find it really persuasive. Does if it you r- say it a few more times? <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: I think I'm going to. Does it remind you of the good old days at the Poetry Open mic? There's Pip. It sure does. <laughs> Hell like, yeah. That
0: was. That was pretty much the only thing we would hear at the poetry club was, uh, "If the
1: glove don't fit, you must acquit," and then they just drop the they drop the mic and walk off. Yeah, that doesn't count as it rhymes.
2: Uh, Wally I, West. That's I think a fair point. Wally West, spelled with a dollar sign and three lightning bolts after his name. I don't know what that means, but he puts. I hope everyone on here mad about murders from ten years ago are also still mad about the black women and men killed by police in just the last couple years. Eyeball emoji.
0: I hope That's so. another pretty good point. I mean, like you but could, but it only, has nothing to do knows, with OJ directly. You could, you could only be mad about one murder at a time. Uh, right.
2: a fair I'm not mad because it has nothing to do with OJ Simpson. Uh Willie J. Boyd, it is downright evil and un American that there are veterans, refugees, firefighters, medical professional, uh personnel, cops, and senior citizens who haven't gotten their vaccine yet, when you have. I mean that <laughs> is also good
1: point. A point. That is also the same point. Think, right, right. But the point that's being repeated again is the rich have unfair advantages, which
0: I think that Liam and I have covered Uh, in excess so far during these two hours. I do. I do. Yeah, I I, I agree. And I think that, I think that the, uh, the OJ fans are, they do have, uh, they are speaking truth to power, which I think is important. Although, um, I don't know why they're doing it as, in defense of OJ, that's the only well, thing that
3: confuses me. About here's a all completely
2: that. different take than what everybody's been getting out with the needles and whatnot. Uh, Sunday girl, Sunday spelled like you know Vanilla Sunday. Uh, what are OJ Simpson's favorite keys on a computer? Return, Home, Slash Slash Backslash, Shift Shift Shift, Escape. Fifteen hundred likes.
1: Is that a cheat code? She just—that's <laughs> yeah, pretty... not even a tweet. That's just like well, I, I think. I think
0: that they're it's all pretty their, original. Uh, they're 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 original, but I don't know how clever I think they are. I don't know if that deserves fifteen hundred likes. I don't. There's I don't a, here's a here's a
2: picture just of OJ wearing winter gloves at his trial, <laughs> and that has thirty six hundred likes. He's just wearing, yeah. and the gloves have a tag on them. Oh no! <laughs> He's no. just wearing. <laughs> He's just wearing
0: winter gloves. <laughs> uh, I don't know why. <laughs> oh my goodness!
1: I'm not sure if I, I, those might actually be. Are those the Are those the Bernie gloves? They are. Yeah, I think they, they're those the, Bernie, are the Bernie Sanders. Gloves. God damn it! It's infiltrated it's everywhere. Funny. It is a pretty funny. Well, meme Bernie, right? it is a good meme. And
0: Bernie's mittens are are really really <laughs> nice. Mittens. Hang on, I'll, uh, I'll end out with
2: this one because this uh, this is good. Uh, liberal goddess with some horrible emojis after that. Uh, my hubs and I are both immune compromised. Plus, I have asthma. But yeah, let's vaccinate the murderers first. Then card masked Clint responds very quickly with, with all due respect, that man rushed for 11,000 yards, 76 <laughs> touchdowns <laughs> in his career, and was named NFL MVP <laughs> in 1973. He did a lot for the Buffalo area, and he was acquitted. So there's that. What makes you better or more deserving of a vaccine again? What a response.
1: I, I actually have to ask, did she say my hubs? That means she, she has said mul- hubs. So she has multiple yeah. husbands. So no, yes, she no, she she's a saying
0: hubs. <laughs> it's a, it's and a, is it's immune a, term of they're, b- they're all immune compromised.
2: And she has
1: asthma. Ah, classic. The classic. Yeah, I, I have mean, asthma. But she says murderers should not be vaccinated first. <laughs> that is a point. Right. That is a fair right.
0: point. Right. I, I, I think that that's, that point has been repeated several times by several different tweeters. And it is a good point that murderers should not be vaccinated before. Before veterans who are, who are never murderers. But what about people who rush for 11,000 yards? <laughs> well, it depends on whether or not they're murderers. <laughs> they got the NFL MVP. I think, and I, I, think, I, think I would. I, I would think <laughs> I'm gonna make a contribution. I think he should get him for this
2: immune-compromised, asthmatic bitch, <laughs> right. oh, who has, who has more than one husband, which is a violation of the Bible. This is, uh Dan. You got shoot? No, Goddammit. I want to end with that one because I, like, I like, one? I like, uh, I like right. Cass, response. That is well. Classic. I
0: think that no matter how many yards he rushed, <laughs> none <laughs> of them. <death, laughs> None of that. None of them cancels out the murder, though. That's what's confusing. <laughs> well, that's the, Pip, That's the thing. Um, right. well,
2: according, according to a horrible movie I just saw, the murder of Nicole Brown Simpson. Uh, apparently, a white serial killer killed Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman. So, I mean, there's
0: that theory. And that and that's a theory. That's yeah, a that real theory. A well, theory. I am not making that
1: up the the director of that film made that movie the haunting of sharon tate with hillary duff so he's like big into like Wait, horror movies what? oh you didn't know that yeah no Oh, i
0: didn't know that hillary did hillary duff play sharon tate yes oh that's
2: amazing hillary duff uh completely off topic got a fat ass
0: uh, she got a very great fat ass. ass yes <laughs> A oh, fat ass well that that's not relevant to her ability to play sharon tate not at all and, and I apparently about, could not play that part but, i want to hear about about her performance as sharon tate
1: not great the answer is not great not great <laughs> <Just> <laughs> good. universally disliked but just- she was so
0: good as lizzie mcguire in the lizzie mcguire movie right, and you're but that telling essentially me actually just her
2: that, yeah. Right, but <laughs> she was just playing herself.
0: Well, what do we know about Sharon Tate? How do we know she wasn't just like Hillary? I don't think Duff? Sharon Tate had a
2: fat ass. No disrespect to the dead. You don't know anything about Sharon Tate's ass.
0: Sharon no, I know
1: enough. Tate's
2: ass.
0: Yeah. All right. Now we're googling. Are we really googling that, Liam? Yeah, uh, I would like to. I would like to compare Sharon Tate's ass with Hillary Duff's. Not uh, that
2: yeah. uh, Pip Liam doesn't agree with me, but Roman Polanski hashtag innocent. Death Man still is uh, still bringing Ro- joy to Roman
1: millions. Polanski is but pretty are you guilty. About it, man? Oh, are you unaware of this, uh, Dan? No, been- I know about <laughs> Roman Polanski. Right? No, but
0: Dan, 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 Dan,
2: he's Woody he's Allen not- also hashtag innocent. Who I've said that Pip resembles.
0: Woody Allen is also not innocent, most likely. <laughs> although, although that particular, that particular um, case is not one I want to delve into right now. But Roman Polanski is almost certainly guilty. Well, see, here's of the thing. Of making great films, of have you ever great- seen Repulsion? Why is that? That's that's irrelevant to whether or not he's guilty. You said hashtag innocent. If you're Are going that- to be make- Look, and we talked about censorship at the beginning of this show. So if, if you're going to be a guy who says, well, maybe Woody Allen did it and maybe Roman Polanski did it, but their movies are still great and I'm going to separate the art from the artist and watch them anyway, I could certainly understand that perspective. I wouldn't necessarily agree with it, but I could understand it. But I don't have that. I don't you have that perspective.
2: It. I think that their art completely nullifies <laughs> all charges
0: ever brought against them. They are innocent forever due so, to their immense oh, body of oh, work. This brings us back to OJ. So, how many yards does he have to rush to cancel out that murder? At least eleven
1: thousand. <laughs> <laughs> At least eleven thousand. Right.
0: Oh, good. This is
1: the worst so Barry box Sanders. Box. If he ever commits a crime, uh, quote unquote. Uh, this, box. this is indeed the worst pun. Okay. <laughs> okay. i
0: think I, will say... really I think it's going to be entertaining oh no people. it's it's
1: golden well i was trying to explain before no dan has this running bit where he consistently brings up people that are obviously guilty and runs oh on has, uh, the hashtag has, believe all men yeah campaign. hashtag believe all men campaign yes that is the oh. that's the bit that dan runs on so I don't think he actually believes that Roman Polanski and or Woody Allen are a hashtag innocent, but I th- also think he genuinely believes that Woody Allen and Roman Polanski are indeed hashtag innocent. So <laughs> believe what you <laughs> will.
2: Milo Yiannopoulos. <laughs>
0: hashtag
1: my, 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 my question is, d- d- does this bit get laughs? Yes. Yes.
0: yes. yes. Okay. Well, it, if it gets laughs, I think you should do it. Although, it's a little confusing because I didn't have that context going That's in. All my, All
2: my bits are confusing now.
0: That's, that's true. <laughs> and have- you, you're, you're one of the confusingest comedians that I have encountered in my time in comedy. Thank you. Uh, which is not, which is not, which is not criticism in any way i, I like your comedy oh good there, i hate I,
2: criticism I,
0: I, I wouldn't i wouldn't come onto to your show to criticize you unless we're talking about dweck good uh, but but i i really do like your comedy i still think about some of your bits from years ago like yeah you, you had that one bit that that the punchline was smell these fingers I he, just did, did that. he did we did pull that out tremendous uh tremendously you still you still do that bit which i think is fantastic that you're keeping that bit alive. I mean, a classic <laughs> is a classic. Right. I so, am
2: I am a fun loving Italian boy.
0: You are a fun loving Italian boy. You kind of personify this this New Jersey Italian energy. Um, and I have a great amount of respect for what you do. Especially when it comes to smelling these fingers because they smell like copper, which as we all know. <laughs> I like how you remember that detail that I remember. <laughs> when, and, and man, you is. did that bit every single week for a year at tavern <laughs> how, how could I possibly forget it? Oh, It's so fun to do. It's one of the, it's one of the few bits from that time from, from someone else that I remember. Um, I remember that bit. I remember Marlon's bit about kicking his own ass. Oh, and, God. Yeah, that was a good bit. Um I, I don't know what other bits from 2013 do we still do we still remember?
2: I remember I remember one of the first uh, memories of the stress factor. I have is Marlon doing this detective voice with jazz music playing on his phone i thought that was a great bit yeah that was
0: i I, that was a good one too marlon had some really interesting comedy i wish he would not have abandoned his stand-up career yeah how dare
2: he he delve into the uh, realm of voice work uh he's a good voice actor. he's actually really good at it
0: he's 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 got some work as a voice actor he's uh he's doing great um so good. He's for still him. eating
2: cereal for dinner, which concerns me.
0: Why does that concern you? <laughs> uh, I think that
2: cereal is a breakfast food only.
0: That's okay. Cowards. No, no. Actually, actually, I take personal offense at that because oh, I, I, I believe, I believe that there are no breakfast foods and there are no dinner foods, and all of that is just a myth. Are you, um, saying, are you that, saying
1: that food schedules is a concept and more saying it's a? Social- con- Construct. I'm construct. saying that
2: Food's, food saying structure that, I'm is saying, a social construct. I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying privilege.
3: Ugh. Shut up,
0: man. Shut up, for a <laughs> question, Okay, I'm saying that big breakfast is. It's got this propaganda out breakfast. there where they assume that where they assume that that eggs. And bacon are all anybody wants to eat for breakfast. (laughs) But that is, of course, ridiculous. I can eat that for dinner. Well, sure you do. Um, And and you should. And you should be able – you should eat chicken soup for breakfast if you want to. No, I'd rather not do that. Well, I'm not saying (laughs) that you have to. I'm saying that you should be free to. Um, And Marlon Dunn should be free to eat cereal for dinner if he's so choosy.
1: Goddamn right. Because
0: this is – this is America, goddamn it! And if we don't have the choice of what to eat for breakfast and for dinner, what do we have? Do we have freedom? We have do fascism. We really?
1: That's what we have. We have goddamn yeah. fascism. That's.
0: I mean, I, we have we have de facto fascism in America. We have an oligarchy.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. That we a fair do. Point,
0: right. And, and and these oligarchs want you to only eat cereal in the morning for some reason. <laughs> it's, all, it's all about control, Dan. So break free and eat your
2: cereal whatever you want. I love control, and women like it when I take control as well. So I,
0: I have that see, Dad. See, that's just gross. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, God. See, that's They're, like really when great. I slam
2: them against the wall and said, You're not leaving yet.
1: Oh, that's right. heinous. That's heinous. <laughs> Dan, Dan, that's awful. Yeah, Dan. So, we were that? having a nice conversation about <laughs> eating frosted flakes at 9. P.m. I'm talking about eating a different kind of frosting. I don't. Oh, Dan. Oh, Dan.
0: Oh, Dan.
1: I, I physically cringed when you said that. <laughs> Dan, right. Why do you why do you do this? Dan 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 so we don't talk about your um forceful frosty your takes. forceful frosty takes of Suck
2: this whipped cream can dry.
1: I oof, please stop. Uh yeah, Dan Dan, how do you feel about um the Y2K curse? Oh, that, that that
2: was something I sent you that I thought was that's a fairly um not really talked about topic. Uh, Pip, do you remember Y2K?
0: I sure do. Um, Y2K, January 1st, 2000, when all the computers failed and the world blew up or whatever
1: they said was going <laughs> to happen. The world would explode because I was legitimately would get nervous that you. night. That's nuts. I wasn't. And, and that, was, <laughs> that, was, that was that
0: was actually that was actually the night of my brother's Bar Mitzvah. Oh. I'm not making I'm not making this up. It was a Saturday. <laughs> he had his
2: bar mitzvah uh, on New Year's Eve.
0: He had his bar mitzvah because it was a Saturday, and that was the day that his he turned 13 on the Jewish oh. calendar. So um uh so we had a little we had a little party uh that had nothing to do with the new year. It was for his bar mitzvah. And um I, I do remember, I don't remember anything going wrong, but um
1: I remember a lot of people said that things would go wrong. Well, I mean, musically they did. Musically? And, and what... what what do you mean? Well, there was this video that Dan sent me called The Y2K Curse, how new metal killed alternative music of the nineties. And ostensibly the idea of it is, is that there there were two central like musical revolutions in the nineties. There was the Fallout of Nineteen Ninety One, where like right after nineteen ninety, that was the explosion of the grunge scene, and the grunge scene ostensibly hey. killed off all of like the hair metal, hard rock shit. That's not a good thing.
0: I think that was probably a win. No,
1: no, 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 That was, that's a win. It's a most, one of the more known, like historical music changes in like modern history. The other one Uh that people don't tend to talk about is that a lot of those bands that showed up around 91, a lot of those bands that became big, that sort of wormed its way through to like 94, 95, maybe even 96, were dead and gone by 2000. They were just gone gone. forever. Yeah. Like, Um, Thanos snapped forever.
0: Gone. Right. Right. So, like the grudge movement only lasted a few years. Um, and it was sort of replaced by by new metal a little bit. That's the um, argument.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's the argument.
0: I blame Lincoln Park. Uh, as, uh,
1: I don't know if I buy that argument
0: because, well, a lot of those bands that. Um, that that were playing that kind of music in the early 90s were not willing to do what Pearl Jam <laughs> and Nirvana did which is uh which is go on MTV um they kind of would have considered that selling out um so I think that's why the grudge movement didn't have a lot of legs as a popular movement just because a lot of those bands are uh well, they didn't really want that sort of popularity. Uh, New metal, on the other hand, wanted to play packed stadiums and wanted to do crossover crowds, which I don't think they ever succeeded at doing.
1: Uh, but they tried. Well, I mean, the argument that they had- wanted bigger and better Jenkos. Well, the oh, fucking Christ. The argument that I was I was told, and I was told initially was that like, um, because of just because of like music trends and how things were, like, going along, like the alternative scene of the mid-90s, like your lives, your toadies, your fucking, uh, your blues travelers, all those bands, they just sort of vanished as, like, 99 rolled around. And that's right. when they all got gobbled up by the new metal monster. The story I was always told, the story that I kind of got through was like, everybody kind of chilled out after Kurt Cobain killed himself. And a lot of those, allegedly, and then a lot of those grunge acts kind of like died out while like the second wave of them came out and they were all like, not they, they were, not they yeah, were not. There
0: were still grunge
1: esque bands at the time. I
0: mean, you had like bands like, like three doors down and nickelback who weren't straight up grudge but certainly borrowed a lot from the grudge sound um and you also had just an explosion of pop music
1: in the late 90s all the boy bands too yeah boy bandification um, was big in like '90s. right but
0: you also had the boy band version of rock music which i i think is like pop punk you had like blink 182 in the mix
1: um and, and green day yeah um so i don't know i mean like yeah like yeah like live didn't exist after 99 but shouldn't have existed that's the real question should bush um, even be a band anymore uh, <laughs> I guess. Yes and yeah the
0: only the only thing that i don't really understand about those sorts of arguments is that you can't really have your cake and eat it too you can't be a huge commercial success and also have your integrity it's really hard to do that. Well, then how do you explain Van Halen?
1: Van, well, Van, Van Halen was Van kind Halen, of like a mission statement, right?
0: Yeah, Van Halen was really trying to do something very different. I mean, Van Halen, first of all, they did it in the 70s and the early 80s, which were a totally different time for popular music than the late 90s. I disagree. Oh, it was but, totally well, Dan, you're just wrong. You're just wrong, but but also Van Halen was not trying to reach to the sort of artistic heights that nirvana was they were writing songs about partying and doing blow and girls and yeah. nirvana was writing songs about about like suicide and shit um it was it was I really with that
2: too i when gary sharon fronted van halen uh, everything turned around for that band i really wish he would have stayed in longer <laughs> That's a nice hot take. I've that's, never heard anybody say they prefer they the Never was, throw that that 100% <laughs> That's 100 horseshit.
0: That's the best hot take of all time. Yeah, There's no, so that's that that's fantastic. That's like that's like I heard somebody tell me that the two best members of the Beatles were George Martin and Yoko. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Those are the best takes. Nah, I, I think yeah. that, like, I don't know. I, I mean, if we're sitting on the idea and the concept that these bands were just, like, they were, they were just so big. They were big enough to kill hair metal and sort of get into that stratosphere. But I guess the thing was, like, people wanted angst, but they didn't want too much angst because too much angst led to this just morose feeling of Doom Yeah. And Doom? I don't think it was one thing that killed the So we got 7 minute. Dust. I figure it's a way. Right. 7 Dust is trash though. 7 Dust still rules. 7 Dust is awful. <laughs> like like What seven... is 7 Dust? <laughs> That's a real remember. question. <laughs> that's the genuine question right there and like puddle of mud was dog shit uh jars of clay were they were they also grunge they were christian rock yeah they were had christian. one of their albums i know you did dan you fucking nerd and I also, i'm surprised i didn't
0: see them live
1: oh god stop I, <laughs> you got you saw pod though you saw you saw them do i all did the see original pod hits. live yes i did and they were good <laughs> the christian i metal, bet they were they were not i was it's rock- Pod. it's not good Yeah, I think that if
0: anything anything killed the grunge movement, it was probably bands like Creed and, like, like I already mentioned Nickelback and Three Doors Down that that took the sound of, you know, Nirvana and Pearl Jam. And made it accessible to White Housewives. Exactly, made it really commercial. Um, So basically the same thing that happened to, to Metal, like... In the 80s, happened to grunge in the late 90s and early 2000s. I don't sure know said. if it New Metal so much. New Metal was a failed experiment, really. I feel as
1: Not though the, my bands, the bands that made it in New Metal, I think the bands that really kicked in New Metal, stay around and were notorious and, and famous enough to live on. Like, I think Deftones and System... But let and even uh, Slipknot and yeah, Slipknot or maybe just don't disturb. forget Mushroom Head. I would not go. No, no one thinks of Mushroom Head or American mushroom. Head Charge or, or I no, saw them
0: live too. Woodstock '99 do a lot to kill that whole movement because that was just a cultural embarrassment for the <laughs> whole time.
1: <job. Yo, laughs> Woodstock '99. <laughs> you almost went to Woodstock. Oh my god! I Dad. almost went. Yeah, I'm not even making that up. That's yeah, oh, Dan. Oh I'm yeah, glad
2: I, mean, I didn't, dude. I I know people that went there and no one had a good experience. Not one. Oh person.
3: Yeah,
0: I thought at Woodstock '99, it was just the culmination of just everything that was wrong with rock music at the time. Um, it was not a, It was not a good time. From what i heard, I was seven years old when it
1: happened. So I mean, damn, you were—I wow. was a little older than that. Was, <laughs> Dan, Dan was graduating high school. Oh uh, <laughs> no, not <laughs> yet. Not yet.
0: 1991, so I was a little young for Woodstock '99.
1: That's fair. That's fair. I wish. I wish. I wish I went to 94. Uh, that was the year I was born, so that was unfortunate. I never got to see that. but I could have went to Woodstock 94. You could have, and you chose not to, was and it, you missed out on
0: the show.
2: How old, like 30? Well, that were, was 30 in 1994. You were
1: 30 in 1994. <laughs> Hell yeah. Dude, like... 99 has some of the best moments, like my fate, just like meme moments. Because they had it was a
0: wild year for a lot of things. Great the year film, for Insane
1: Clown whatever. Posse. Oh, god, a horrible year for the rest of the world. But, <laughs> but- <laughs> some really cool movies. If you look at 99, it just had like
0: iconic the main movie
1: after iconic movie, The Matrix, Fight yeah, Club, that- Fight Club. Yeah, One of them. uh, Club. They- oh, The Sopranos. 99 Sopranos.
0: Not a well, movie, No, we'll it's, okay, we'll know, it's, it's basically
1: movie, the though. first theat like the first, like, cinem- cinematic television show. So we could Magnolia,
0: say. Uh, 10 Magnolia, 10 Things I Hate oh, About American Beauty. Yeah, American Beauty. American Beauty is uh, fucking. There was uh, a whole lot that went down. Oh, a classic
2: Roman Polanski film uh, starring Johnny Depp. Which, Can you guys guess what it is? Was
1: this The Ninth Gate? the ninth gate god the ninth damn gate. that was not a movie that's that was that, that was a film i forgot existed holy shit deep blue sea oh my god that's another great that's another green right mile green mile
0: there you go yeah
2: 99 uh, man really coming through
1: it was a
0: it was a what it was a definitely a groundbreaking year in cinema and a really terrible year for music.
1: I hey, just because Limp Biscuit was number one and number ten on the Billboard Top 100 does not. Were they really? Yeah, probably. they were. Oh, they were. They were. Yeah. Oh, they were probably up there. I wouldn't say number one, but they were up there. Like, Nine Inch Nails, The Fragile. That was that was a great um, album. Nine Inch
0: Nails are pretty cool. Nine Inch Nails had a
1: great year, and they survived. They survived the nineties. They were they.
0: Well, the started- Trent Reznor did survive the 90s. I don't know about the rest of the band.
1: <laughs> That's a fair point. That is a fair point. I, I do love, there's one segment in Woodstock 99 that I love where, like, Fred Durst is is on on the mic. They're performing, Limb Biscuit's performing, and he's just like, yo, hey, yo, yo, fuck! Limb Biscuit, come on, fuck! Yo, can you guys hear me? Hello? A- can you guys? It's a- <laughs> <is> just like... <laughs> H banter though that's awesome he's just like he's like yo guys yo fuck limp biscuit come on and no one can hear him like what else
0: in music
1: in 99 though
0: besides forum uh dmx I think oh, that's the when the Backstreet Boys the Backstreet Boys released Millennium, which was a groundbreaking. Yeah. Album. Well, actually, t- DMX
2: was the year before, but he performed at Woodstock '99.
1: Did Will Smith produce Millennium in '99? Uh, I think so was that was that the? Hot yeah, I meme? believe he did. Yeah, actually, hold on, this... <laughs> and, and Cisco. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. I totally forgot this was a movie that was released. I totally forgot. Wild Wild West. Wild Wild West. Wild Wild West with
0: Will Smith so, and Kevin Kline. I, some of, the, can I some of the hits from 99? Because this is actually, like, quite a list here. Uh, you've got I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys. Live in, Live in La Vida Loca. By Rick uh, Martin.
1: Ricky Martin, Jesus you Christ. Have, you have Smooth by Santana. Oh, really? sucks. <laughs> uh, My
0: name is, My name is by Eminem. Socks. All Star by Smash Mouth. It really sucks. Um, you had um, She's So High by Tal Backman. Oh, Rick a wet Wait a minute. <laughs> I love me.
1: Have, she's so lovely. You had
0: Smooth w- by Classic a 65 You had Blue by Eiffel 65. Oh, that's a banger right there. That's That's a great
1: song. That's not
0: a great song. I did not. Yes, it is.
1: It's not a good song. It's a great look.
0: look, look, I have an unabashed (laughs) love for pop music. I do not apologize for it. (laughs) Um, Are
1: you a fan of (laughs) Eurodance? Because I am a fan of Eiffel 65.
0: A fan is not the word I would use. I just think that it takes a lot of effort to write a song like
1: blue by eiffel yes. 65 yes it takes blue. a lot of effort I to say blue like 97 times that i don't think is a lot I, of- I
0: don't i think that i think that if people if songs like that were easy to write we'd have more of them because it's an earworm that's stayed in everybody's head for 30 years um and that's a bad at math it hasn't been 30 years but i think you take my point Man, we had cool. learn to fly by the foo fighters good song yeah, there yeah. we go. So this that's what you like, Dan? You like dad rock? Is that it? Welcome to the Fold by Filter. There you go. I don't know. I think it was a pretty groundbreaking year. It was a—it a—it was a, it was an important, an year, important in the year of the history a pop culture as a whole.
2: Like I said, Cisco, Unleash the Dragon, that album changed my
0: life. There we go. And any album that changes Dan Caprio's life is important in the history of pop music. I single-handedly hold that album
2: responsible for me getting laid uh, too early in life. Yes. Oh. Dan, how old were you when you first got laid? Well, it was years after that, so you you do the math.
0: <laughs> I imagine
1: it was. Um, I was in college, as they say. Jesus Christ, yeah? <laughs> uh, you, were, you were in college back in, in 19-fucking-32? You were back in college, or...? <laughs> Where the fuck were you in college, you fucking Dan, vampire motherfucker?
0: It was the first year that college tires still had white walls.
1: Dan, Dan was in college when college used to be just hieroglyphics being taught by two cavemen. That was the age. He was there at the dawn of birth. What's My
0: Age Again by Blink-182 came out in 1999. Zocked. What a comeback. Which is, what a runback. Which, which is a millennial, it's a millennial iconic song if you, were,
1: if you were white middle class at the time. Hey, nobody liked you when you're 23. I was 23. not white and I and was not white. Like
0: nobody likes you when you're 23. I'm pretty sure that guy was like 30 when he wrote that line. <laughs>
1: um, what, Mark Hoppus? Let's do the math, baby. Mark
0: Hoppus. We could, we could look this up right now. What year was Mark Hoppus born? Uh, uh, 72, 72. So Mark Hoppus was 27 years old in 1999. Yeah, um, but he was thing. still, he was still complaining about how nobody liked him when he was 23.
1: That is a fair point. I mean, yeah. at the same point in time, nobody likes you when you're just in your twenties in general. He's 48 yeah. years old. I'm shocked, but except why... for them, because they were oh, getting God. pussy since the early 90s. Yeah, really. All right, and maybe yeah. even before that. Dude, I don't know about Blink 180. If there was one band that I wish stayed in the 90s, it was Blink 182. <laughs> if there was...
0: I think I think I think you're right. I think Blink 182. It's weird that they kind of like survived the 90s, but it's also weird that Green Day survived the 90s. If you ask me, I would not have seen that coming.
2: I didn't see the musical coming.
1: I did. Yeah. No one saw the fucking musical coming. And then it came out. And the worst part was people were like, it was actually all right. It was actually okay. It who wasn't too was bad. Uh, my, my aunts, <laughs> my aunts. We got to have
2: Broadway. a talk with them.
1: <laughs> Can we get them on the podcast? Do you want me to bring them on the podcast? Let's have them come in like Buck Wild does. Uh, and then we'll just Jesus. get rid of them real fast. Jesus Christ. Well, I think this about, unless Dan has one last segment, I think this wraps up episode 34 of the Foul Housemates podcast. What do you guys think about that? Oh, God. We got through it, (laughs) we did our best. We survive. I, I really I really do appreciate
0: y'all having me on. Uh, I I'll plug my Twitter if that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah, that was As we always,
1: enjoy. this is where we lead to every day, every episode. Pip, if you could please plug your shit.
0: Uh you can follow me at PipTheComic on Twitter. You can also see me weekly at the Stoner Morning Show, which is available on Facebook Live and YouTube. Oh. Please look that up.
1: Hell yeah! Wu-Tang! Dan, what do you got on your itinerary? Uh, finishing
2: these note cards uh, to, in preparation <laughs> of utterly Ridiculous, May 20th at the Brighton Bar in Long Branch, New Jersey. The doors at 7, show starts at 8. Tickets are $7 as of right now. And they may be available on Eventbrite. We'll see.
1: That is still a dumb I don't know what. Why you call you not even you don't have a joke about otters in the special though, right? I will
2: have a large banner and a lot of stuffed uh, animals.
1: <laughs> just have you're just gonna load the stage with otters and then do like I'm loading the stage down. And then you're gonna do like 20 minutes on Richard Dweck and then people are like, what What is gonna happen right now?
2: No, I don't. I don't think I'm gonna mention Dweck
1: unless he interrupts the show.
2: Then I'll I'll definitely say something. Oh, uh, ooh, that's impressive. That would be very impressive. He said he's bringing his whole family and I. really... would I'd rather he not do that but it's audience members so I mean I'm not really gonna turn that down
1: uh speaking of turning things down you can turn down the what and uh that was bad uh you could follow us on instagram at the foul housemates hq you could also follow us individually on twitter me at real ultra liam dan at dan underscore caprio You could follow us on Twitch at HQ. We don't have anything up yet, but maybe in the foreseeable future, possibly something.
2: Uh, We did just uh, guest star, Liam. You want to plug that uh, on our... Oh,
1: yeah. We have have guest starred on a recent episode of Craft Beers and Cartoons or the... Comics, Craft Beers and Cartoons. Comics, Craft Beers and Cartoons. I'm think. sorry. I'm sorry, John Beecroft. I'm sorry. Don't we're on me. two episodes. Don't shoot me in the face. I am so sorry. We were on two episodes of Comics Craft Beers and Cartoons. We, uh, The first episode just came on of RoboCop. That was a fun time. That was a good time, and you can the animated series. Check those guys out. Uh, also on Instagram, I believe. I'm not. I'm not plugging their Twitter and Instagram and stuff unless they are on our show. Well, so it's on Spotify. It's on Spotify. You'll find it. You can find it. You can look it up. And uh, uh, where, where else was all of our plugs? We have a bunch of plugs. I'm on TikTok, but I'm not gonna plug that. No, I'm not plugging that. Uh, that'll be it for episode. <laughs> episode 34 of the foul house oh add
2: nostalgic music even though i don't like nostalgia
1: to do the foul housemates playlist
2: on spotify put all the blink 182 songs you want on there
1: oh please Hell yeah. it's uh, a
0: collaborative I playlist i don't actually listen to blink 182 so i'm not going to do that but <laughs> okay
1: put death metal on it instead put put uh put bjork or New on there just throw some beckon bjork let's on New there Bell. let's go that, all it. right That'll be it. Episode 34, In the Tank. We'll see you guys later. Uh, Sayonara. Bye. Bye. Bye.